Shut up and sit down. Our water is highly, highly polluted. The marine animals that are dying. This is everybody's problem. We need to move faster and we need to move further to educate leaders because the leaders can then become the activists. Start to embrace the circular economy. Join the Planet Calls weekly podcast sessions where co-founders Leslie and Amor discuss topical issues around sustainability and how we can rebuild a more sustainable world. Thank you for tuning in to Rebuilding a More Sustainable World podcast with your hosts, Leslie and Amor. Our guest today is Camille Rebello, the co-founder and COO of Echo Planet Bamboo. Today, we're talking about the use of bamboo for sustainable development. Welcome to our show, Camille. We're thrilled that you could join us. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. Lovely to have you, Camille. Two things I'd like to kick off today with you to get you to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a bit about EcoPlanet Bamboo as well as a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So personally, I come from a forestry and climate change background. And I think maybe starting about a decade ago or just more, there was this real increasing attention on the protection of the world's remaining forests. But what was just really apparent was that completely missing from this dialogue was really any focus on how are we going to provide growing populations and really this exploding middle class that we have around the world that has increased spending power with these everyday consumer products, many of which require, you know, either wood or fiber as their raw material. And so I co-founded EcoPlanet Bamboo in late 2010. Um, not just to address bamboo's potential as a sustainable fiber, but really to also target two additional aspects. The, the first of those was looking at how we could come up with an economically viable option for restoring degraded lands. And then secondly, to look at how we could provide livelihoods in really remote rural areas that instead of being extractive to our planet, could really be positive and restorative. And so here we are almost a, a decade later. Um, I've run the company with, with my partner ever since, and we have internal operations in four countries and a wide range of, of partnership projects in many others. That sounds like such an incredible journey. Here at The Planet Cause, we've done a lot of research on the topic of sustainable management of natural resources, which we of course share extensively through the weekly reports that we publish. Now, the efficient use of resources without overuse and without compromising the need of future generations is actually very high up on all governmental sustainability agendas worldwide. Can you explain to our listeners why bamboo could be the new timber of the 21st century and what sustainability uh, principles it abides by? So I think that there's actually really two quite distinct categories of the advantageous properties that sort of set this platform for bamboo to have the potential to be the sustainable fiber and to meet these 21st century demands. The first is really in the ecological growth pattern of the plant itself. 
So, you know, technically bamboo is a grass, but it's quite unique in that the harvested fiber is a woody biomass. So it really intersects this arena between sort of forestry and agriculture. And it's this growth pattern as a grass that gives the plant the ability to overcome some of the challenges that we face with commercial forestry and keeping up with the world's demands. So in, in these ecological properties, you have this plant that grows from a really intricate underground rhizome system and produces multiple poles every single year. And these poles probably achieve their maximum height within a single growing season. And then they undergo a maturing period, which can be anything from three to seven years, where this fiber lignifies and becomes denser with age. And then you have a unique property, which is unlike a tree, if you actually harvest a portion of the plant every year, instead of killing that tree or the plant, um, it actually serves to do the opposite. It actually stimulates further growth. And then on top of that, you have these timber bamboo plants, which they actually only die when they flower. And flowering occurs on extremely long time horizons. So for the species we target, we're talking 50 to 100 years. And so just from this ecological perspective, if you manage bamboo as a productive resource, you have a plant or a crop that can produce extremely high volumes of woody material on an annual basis over really a generational timeline with absolutely no requirement for replanting. So that's quite unique. And then the second attribute that gives this gives bamboo this potential as the timber for the 21st century is really more on the industrial aspect. So just by way of example, EcoPlanet, we're really targeting pulp and paper markets, in particular sanitary papers, so toilet and tissue papers. And the really unique benefit is that the fiber length and the properties of these select bamboo species, they have the potential to replace something called Northern Boreal Softwood Craft. This is a really high quality of pulp. It's what's used for most of the, the real premium toilet paper products that we have on the market today. And as their name suggests, it's produced from these Northern Boreal forests. So Canada, Northern Europe, Northern Russia. And these are trees that are either still harvested from old growth or ancient forests, or if they're grown specifically for harvesting, they have a timeline of about 70 years or upwards. So, so we're literally flushing 70-year-old trees down a toilet after a few seconds of use, which is you know, clearly a, a crazy, unsustainable use of resources. And so the really unique attribute of bamboo is that it's one of the only fibers that's been identified that can actually replace this resource with the same properties and do so in a manner that can be environmentally positive. So in addition to you know, good properties and attributes for, for those markets, there's a range of other unique properties. You know, you'll often hear that bamboo is stronger than steel. This is actually true. The, the cell structure of these woody bamboos gives them an extremely high density, high related strength. And so they have this ability to play this sort of vital role in everything from structural products to timber products to composites. But you know, those are just a couple of examples. I think, honestly, we could talk just about these benefits for, for the entire um, time that we have and, and really barely touch on the full spectrum of advantages. Right, yeah, yeah. It does seem like it. I mean, the it, as a material, there's just so many options and perhaps that is a, another interview in the future for us. Now, Camille, as part of our communication strategy for our clients, we look at sustainability with three different lenses, the environment, the needs of present and future generations, and the economy. So typically, to keep a system running indefinitely whilst maintaining economic viability, we have to make sure we do so without depleting resources. 
Now we're huge fans of bamboo as a sustainable alternative to timber. Can you expand a bit on how using bamboo can help countries mitigate and adapt to the impacts of climate change? So I think that actually you just pinpointed bamboo's biggest potential as a tool for sustainability. And that's if this plant is grown on degraded land and if it's grown under a framework of being deforestation free, meaning that no trees are ever cut or removed for its planting, it actually has the potential to have a net positive contribution to the world's overall natural resource base while still providing this valuable source of fiber sort of year on year. And, you know, it's, it's, this is quite good timing because I think we just passed World Overshoot Day yesterday or the day before. So, you know, we're on August 24th, August 25th. From now through the end of the year, we're literally consuming more resources than our planet can produce. And so focusing on a plant like bamboo that has the potential to actually heal some of these critical environmental issues while providing that ongoing resource is quite unique. I think specifically from a, a climate change standpoint, and you know, just to, to clarify, I'm definitely not advocating for carbon offsets as a solution because I think everyone from governments to industries to individuals, we all have to play a role in reducing individual footprints, moving to a low carbon economy. However, you know, that, that does take time. And I think this is where the potential for bamboo uh, to address climate change really lies. This plant's ability to absorb atmospheric carbon dioxide and then hold it as a biological carbon sink is quite interesting. Because of these unique properties that you know we just discussed, it, it, it acts quite differently to, to trees in its growth pattern. And because it's a relatively fast-growing plant, it absorbs this carbon in the form of carbon dioxide out of the, out of the atmosphere and then stores it as a woody biomass. And that happens quite quickly in about the first seven to 10 years after planting. And then at some point harvesting starts, but again, because we're not killing the plant because of this growth pattern, we only harvest a portion of each plant each year, maybe between 25 to 30%. And as those individual poles are removed, that does represent a loss in the carbon. However, because the bamboo replaces these poles within the next growing season, you really end up with this living, breathing bamboo forest that effectively can store carbon for a 50 to 100 year sink, depending on species. And then at the same time, you have this whole suite of additional ecosystem benefits. Because you're not clearing the ecosystem to harvest, you end up with actually a microclimate that can mitigate while having this, sorry, while having this uh, benefit at the global level, it can really mitigate the local effects of climate change. So it can stabilize rainfall, stabilize water tables, increase soil health, and sorry, increase soil health. And so you end up with this healthy ecosystem that really has the potential to be quite an effective solution to mitigate climate change, while again, still providing that vital source of food and biomass, which then drives economic productivity and allows the whole system to be sustainable and long-term. Wow, Camille, you've touched on so many important elements. Um, and, it, you know, it, it just really drives home how incredibly sustainable bamboo is. Um, and I think, you know, in general, people are lacking this information and education about bamboo, which is, of course, one of the things that we're trying to address. Um, we're fanatical about empowering our listeners to move forward on their sustainability journey. Could you share some information on the various uses of bamboo, although you've already touched on a few, and what steps people and companies can take to introduce bamboo-based household and building products into their environments? 
So, you know, I think what, what you just touched on is exactly right, that there is a lot of misinformation around bamboo. And so if you look traditionally, the, the plant has, associ has been associated with relatively low levels of processing. You know, people tend to associate it with a slightly hippie image, with handicrafts, some crude furniture, maybe some flooring. And I think that one of the things that has to happen for bamboo's potential to really be realized is a shift towards these more mainstream product sectors. And as a company, that's what we're trying to do and trying to educate that this perception of bamboo needs to be moved away from this traditional level and more into an industrialized product. Today, I think there's at the personal level, there's a number of already available items that represent some quick wins that really everyone can make. So at the very bottom end of the spectrum, there's your single use plastic items that can be replaced. Those are things like your bamboo straws, your stirrers, coffee stirrers, etc. Then there's this quite interesting middle sort of middle piece that is in between a, a low level of processing and industrialized product. And that's things like your bamboo toothbrushes, bamboo razor handles, reusable bamboo coffee mugs. And these are a shift that literally everyone can make at a personal level. And just by way of example, you know, it, it seems like a small step, but the global toothbrush market, I think is 25 to 30 billion units a year. And that's more than half, more, more sorry, more than half a billion, 500 million kilos of plastic waste ending up in landfills. And so making that switch, even at the personal level can be significant. However, as we already touched on, the, the real potential lies in this plant's ability to be an alternative fiber for the four major industries. So that's pulp and paper, which we already mentioned, you know, from toilet paper to packaging, it's engineered timber. So everything from construction and housing to structural products and non-structural. So that's your plywood, your laminates, your composites. The third aspect is quite critical. It's bioenergy. If we look at, you know, especially developing countries, charcoal and fuel use is really one of the biggest drivers of deforestation. And that's where bamboo can have a huge impact. And then textiles, you know, most people don't realize that rayon and viscose comes from hardwood trees, often illegally. And so that's a market where bamboo has a huge potential to address. And so these are the industries that I think, you know, consumers, as we move towards the next generation and the next generation of consumers, there's really this huge potential. However, I have to say, unfortunately, these products are not all available on the market today and not available in that manner of sustainability. But one of the things we're trying to do is make them so mainstream that actually your everyday consumer doesn't have to go out and make a conscious choice that these do just become the mainstream product on the market. Yes, wouldn't that be amazing? I can't wait for that day. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a tough one is the consumer having to make those uh, choices whenever they, they're buying things. Um, I was lucky enough uh, to be introduced to bamboo uh, towels probably now 10 years ago or more in South Africa. So I've been on that journey for, for quite a while, which is really fantastic. Um, now, when we look at some of the bamboo manufacturing processes, they can be surprisingly harsh. So transforming bamboo into a soft, wearable texture, for example, can often involve chemicals that are incredibly harmful to the environment and highly toxic to living creatures. Can we talk about some of these harmful practices and why EcoPlanet Bamboo stands out from other bamboo manufacturers in its approach? So absolutely. Over the years, we've spent a, a significant amount of time in China visiting and working with many of these larger manufacturing facilities. 
And, you know, when you start to really dig deep, what you find is that although the bamboo and these bamboo forests in China are absolutely a sustainable, beautiful resource, often the products themselves are not. And so you get beautiful bamboo toilet paper, you know, with nice images of pandas, but then you find that actually it's producing vast volumes of a lime sludge waste that just goes straight into a landfill. You know, those towels that you're talking about, as beautiful and comfortable and soft as they are, they actually often result in a really toxic black liquor being pumped back into the environment. And so it was quite depressing for us as a company when we discovered this because we'd made such strong commitments to sustainability. We've taken maybe a three to four year hit on our time to maturity by using extremely degraded lands in sort of remote areas wherever we could find them, doing everything manually and really not wavering from this environmental and social sustainability commitment. And, and honestly, the thought of selling our bamboo into these dirty industries was, was really quite heartbreaking. And so we realized quite early on that not only were we also going to have to become the manufacturer, but we were also going to have to invest quite heavily into technology development. And so if I just touch again on the pulp and paper industry as, as being our core initial focus, we've spent about the last five years working with a whole range of R&D, technical partners, universities, etc., to the point where actually we now have technology partners who can deliver on environmentally conscious manufacturing. And that means a whole range of things. It means low chemical usage, which combines or is achieved through a combination of A, having a whole suite of pre-processing mechanisms combined with full re chemical recovery, so you can actually reuse the majority of the chemicals. We have no toxic waste streams, so all of the previous waste streams are actually now converted into sellable byproducts and the wastewater will meet the most stringent requirements so it can be put straight back into the environment, pumped straight into a river if you want, um, and then low energy footprints. And so it's a phased approach on how we're, we're working towards achieving that, but the ultimate end goal is really what we're calling a bamboo biorefinery, an entirely clean manufacturing facility. And I think right now we're actually working towards the first large-scale facilities, so it's actually a really exciting point in our company's growth and trajectory. But I think the second thing just to touch on is that it's something that we just mentioned in, in the previous previous conversation is that when you're trying to make a green product mainstream, you have to ensure that it can blend straight in with the products it's trying to replace. You know, we're really never going to be able to make a big change in the world as long as these products are only available to elite consumers who, you know, actually care about the environment enough to pay a premium. And so in addition to this clean manufacturing technology, one of the things that has been really critical for us as a company in the industrialization of bamboo is to make sure that these products that we're trying to put onto the market can meet three critical criteria. And that's that they're the same specifications, the same quality, and most critically, the same pricing. Because if you can achieve that, then your consumers have a no-brainer decision because ultimately everyone wants to feel good about what they're buying. Absolutely, Camille. I really do agree with you, especially on the issue of pricing. Um, I mean, we know from research uh, and, and data that consumers are prepared to pay up to 5% more 
for sustainable products. However, as you say, even that 5% can move that product into the elitist market, um, especially if you're taking the average consumer who is working on a very, very tight monthly household budget. For example, the toothbrushes. I mean, if you're going into uh, a toiletry store or a pharmacy or a supermarket or wherever you buy your toiletries and you have, you're, you're standing in front of the aisle with the toothbrushes um, and you wanting to go green, but you're working on a very tight budget and you're looking at the bamboo toothbrushes that are so much more expensive than average, you, most people are going to just go for the regular plastic holder toothbrushes. Exactly. Um, whereas if, like you say, if those prices would match, it's a no-brainer. So, which takes me to my next um, issue, now, bamboo can lose its eco-credibility when trees or native vegetation are cleared just to plant the bamboo. Is this something you have seen happening very often? Or how do we fix this problem? For example, can governments introduce laws preventing the clearing of trees or native vegetation for, for uh, planting bamboo? And uh, how can consumers ensure that bamboo products that they are using really are a sustainable alternative, as you mentioned earlier. So, so honestly, th this issue is what keeps me personally awake at night. It, it is absolutely my biggest fear. Um, you know, bamboo is not a miracle plant. It's like any other plant. It can be grown and managed sustainably and under good guidelines or not. And right now it's a very, very fine line between bamboo being this very positive alternative fiber that can achieve landscape restoration, reduce pressure on natural forests, or it becomes the next problem crop and follows in the path of something like oil palm, where it becomes the next driver of deforestation. And that's very scary. So I think what's been a, an absolute blessing in disguise as we've worked towards industrializing and commercializing this plant outside of China is that there's luckily still a really significant number of barriers to entry for large-scale production and commercialization. And so we've spent almost a decade to working to overcome these barriers and doing so in a way that sets that platform and and gives us time to develop those relationships, yes, with government and all the way through to consumers um, to develop that framework. You know, we're critically aware as a company that we are actually opening up this, this industry. And with that comes a responsibility to ensure that it does maintain its positivity, whether we're the ones doing the planting and growing in the future or whether we're not. And I think it's something that we've taken extremely seriously and have worked with governments um, and certification bodies towards achieving. And I think there's two critical aspects that consumers at least need to be educated about with regards to the framework. The first is that the condition for degraded land, that bamboo should never ever compete with food security or be planted on prime land. That takes away from the whole positivity of this plant. The second framework is that bamboo has to be developed as what we call a deforestation free crop and to really educate consumers about what that means. So for us, for example, at EcoPlanet, we have bamboo farms in Nicaragua, South Africa, Ghana, and Rwanda, and no trees or native vegetation have been cleared for the planting of bamboo. And so what, what you end up with as a result is a very diverse and integrated system. And that is something that the economics of tree plantations don't allow for because they operate on long time horizons. They've got high replanting costs. But the advantage of the bamboo is that because of the higher productivity, because of the no requirement for replanting, the larger volumes, 
the bamboo can actually handle that from an economic standpoint and still be very lucrative or viable. And so, yes, absolutely, you work, we work with governments to sort of set that framework. You know, you mentioned South Africa, that's been a critical component for us to limit uh, bamboo planting to land classified as ex-agricultural stage four, meaning it's no longer viable for agricultural production. Um, and the same in other countries, we, we've worked on those frameworks. And then just to touch on very, you know, finally, the final step to this is that once you have a fully integrated seed to sale supply chain in place, and we're able to finalize some of the tech that EcoPlanet's working on, such as, is quite a cool example, we're actually looking at the DNA tracing of our bamboo from forest to end product. And that's something that's been done with cotton with quite high success. And it ultimately allows consumers to track their individual products very simply and quite cheaply, all the way back to the exact forest that it originated in. So they really know what they're getting, how it was manufactured, and the steps that product has taken along that supply chain. And if you couple that DNA tracing tech with aerial footage, drone footage, um, you know, there's now so so much uh, in, so you can do in sort of live time that these consumers ultimately will be able to see the whole suite of environmental and social benefits that their purchase has contributed to. And so what we hope is that by setting that framework and making this such a rigid framework for the sustainability, it'll make it harder in the future for bad actors to come in and, and cause those, uh, you know, cause that deforestation or issues around that. Because at that point, consumers are already aware, governments are already aware that bamboo can and should be planted under a strict framework of sustainability. Mm. I, th I think you've touched on a very important um, issue, which is being able to track the supply chain. And I think, you know, the more we see this technology coming into the marketplace, the more consumers will be adopting that. Um, and we've seen, for example, the millennials and the Gen Z, um, the younger generation who are so much more conscious of their shopping habits than the older folks, mm. <laughs> which is very sad, but true. Um, they want to know where does this product come from? You know, who is ultimately benefiting? Is it the, you know, the middlemen along the way? Is it the supermarket or is the farmer or whomever is growing this particular product or, or, or developing this product? Are they actually benefiting? So I think the more we see that technology coming into the marketplace, as you say, those bad actors will hopefully start uh, falling by the wayside when people kind of wake up and become uh, more conscious consumers. Mm. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's at that point that now you've got a win-win solution because you've got the price point that those new generation consumers don't have to put out extra money to get the same product and they can see that whole suite of, of benefits, that that's mm. when you really have the potential to disrupt a dirty industry. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really encouraging to hear how EcoPanet Bamboo is endeavouring to apply sustainable practices as well as create the greater transparency so that consumers can feel um, more comfortable buying and using bamboo products. Yeah. So Camille, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for joining our show. And can you please let us know how our audience can reach you? 
So, you know, the best way first just to learn more about EcoPlanet Bamboo is we have a number of videos, documentaries on our website. That's www.ecoplanetbamboo.com. Um, and my personal email is crebello, C-R-E-B-E-L-O, at ecoplanetbamboo.com. And once the COVID crisis is over, we love hosting interesting parties on our bamboo farm. So, yeah, please get in touch. Wow, I think we'll be the first ones there. <laughs> We'd we love to have you. Thank you so much for joining our show and for sharing your expertise with us today. And we wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. Thank you.